Before we get going, here's the bit where I remind you that nothing we discuss should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets. You're about to listen to a special preview edition of The Endgame, featuring my co-host Bill Fleckenstein and a very special returning guest, Gerard Minnick of Minnick Advisors in Sydney, Australia. In the midst of a trip to the US, Gerard takes time out to share the conversations he's been having, to offer his thoughts on the stickiness of inflation and explain why he sees no chance of a Fed pivot anytime soon, something which means markets, particularly equity markets, are dramatically mispricing. Every episode of the Grant Williams podcast, including the Endgame, Super Terrific Happy Hour, the Narrative Game, This Week in Doom, and Shifts Happen, is available to copper and silver tier subscribers at my website, grant-williams.com. Copper tier subscribers get access to all the podcasts, while members of the silver tier get both the podcasts and my monthly newsletter, Things That Make You Go Hmm. So if you enjoy what you hear on the show and you want more high quality content like it, then please make your way over to grant-williams.com and join our exciting community today. And now, on with the show. How are you, George? How are the meetings going? Yeah, not bad. I mean, uh, you know, my sentiment is just a a three-month trailing average of the price action. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Such a great line. Not the most current base. (laughs) Such a great line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, good luck. I mean, it's first time in New York for three years. So, um, yeah, I've been out of the country. Um, and so that's good. Um, good to mix it with people, but fuck, it's expensive. Um, I mean, yeah, if you're coming from Aussie, partly coming from Oz, but uh, even just, I mean, forget the translation. Um, you know, short little Uber fares that cost you 30 bucks. Uh, a sandwich from Pret-a-Manger that costs you 15 bucks. You go, really? Yeah. Um, I reckon there might be some inflation in the place. I don't know. Uh, I think it's transitory. No. I think those sandwiches at the Pret will be uh, well, 8 bucks listen, before you know it. Listen, it, tur- it was supposed to be transitory, but since it wasn't, it'll all be resolved soon without too much more damage to anything, and we can go back to happily ever after. That's, I think that's kind of the consensus thinking amongst Americans. I think it's the consensus amongst the equity market. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that too. Yeah, right. So, what do you want to talk about, boys? Is you know a bit going on? Well, there, yes, there's. There seems to be a little bit going on here and there. I mean, I, I, we could start in any any number of places, Joe. But I, I think if you are um, giving people the old Gerard Minnick one-two punch on the road, we should probably talk about the stuff that you think is worth talking to people about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, look, you know, my big framework point is I think that the pandemic has changed a lot of things. I, I think I was, you know, I was a card-carrying secular stagnationist for two decades and I resigned from the club. Um, and I think a lot of the, the multi-year investment trends that we have all lived our careers through um, are going to shift. And you know, the most obvious is that four-decade decline in rates, um, which... Yeah, you know, just a month or two ago, um, the ten-year yield here in the states 
uh, went through the high from the last cycle. And unless you were trading rates in the 70s, that's yeah. not something that you've seen before. Right. Yeah. Um, and that starts to impact a whole lot of other stuff. Um, you know, the, the Fed peak is higher than what most were expecting. I mean, at the start of the year, the Fed fund futures were saying the peak for the fund rate this cycle would be under one and a half percent. Yeah. Um, now we're up up around five. Um, uh, yeah, other important changes that are going to come from this is one of the most important hallmarks of a, a secularly stagnant market was powerful, persistent, inverse equity bond correlation. Now that that was manna for heaven for you know people running multi-asset books because bonds were a really effective hedge against your um, equity risk, a really good insurance tool. But I don't know about you boys, but when I go to insure my car, I've got to pay the insurer. Here right. was a setup where if you want to insure your equity risk, uh, the bonds paid you because they've given equity-like returns through a lot of the last three decades. Um, so that's changing. Um, and I guess a, a third thing that's going to change in my mind is the use of leverage. Um, uh, you know, most leverage in developed economies over the last four decades has not been used to fund consumption. It's not been used to fund uh, capex. It's uh, been used to enhance investment returns. So, in other words, it's part of a structure where you've bought um, a pre-existing asset. Now, most of us have done this in our private lives. We've bought an established home with a mortgage. Um, but what people don't realise is that uh, the numbers uh, are much larger than most realise if you look at what's been going on in the financial sector. So to look at the US, the number that people often use to scare people is that non-financial sector debt to GDP is about 350, 360% of GDP. Great. Well, if I add in financial sector debt and crucially don't net off the intersection, the inter-industry um, uh, nets, we saw leverage in the US peak at 1,000% of GDP. Um, now, it's, it's, it, what we saw in the GFC is that gross positions matter. We had all these daisy chains of collateral and obligations, um, and everybody was happy to net them off until one of the change snapped, and then what matters is your gross. Now, over the last four decades, to be levered in investment markets was normally a pleasurable state to be. There was obviously uh, periods of pain. The GFC was the obvious one. But the pleasure to pain ratio was pretty high. But that's against a backdrop of rates trending down. Um, if we are now in a world where rates are trending up, that pleasure pain ratio is going to tip. And it's not always going to be painful to be levered, but the risk reward is is tipping. So, yeah, these are some of the fundamental um, sort of trends that have really driven markets over the last um, four decades, and it, it culminated in um, what was arguably the most expensive set of markets we've ever seen, which is why now I'm telling everybody that the US has entered. A beta drought. Um, now, how do I define a beta drought? 
for me, that's when just a, a vanilla 60-40 equity bond portfolio um, gives you a total return uh, below zero in real terms over at least a decade. Now, if you look historically in the US, uh, there's been four beta droughts. So four decades, decade at least a decade of, of real losses on a 60-40 portfolio. Three of those four episodes were associated with significant increases in inflation. And that was around World War One, World War II, 70s. Now, I don't think we're going to get that sort of inflation. I mean, that was a decade average inflation of at least 6%. The fourth beta drought uh, followed the peak in equities in 2000. Now, compare 2000 to where we got to last year. On most absolute valuation measures of equities, we were we were line ball. Depends which one you use. Not quite as expensive on a CAPE measure, more expensive on a price to sales, matching on a price to book. I mean, so we're, we're there. I mean, we, we were there. But what people forget is in uh, 1999, when the tech bubble was at its peak, um, the real yield on a 10 or 30-year treasury was over 4%. So yeah, the US Treasury was willing to guarantee you an after, in, after inflation real return of 4% for up to 30 years. Where were those bonds last year? Well, the 10-year was minus one. Yeah, It's 500 basis points worse off. Um, so anybody that wants to just be a beta harvester going forward, and I know we've already taken some pain, it's, it's going to be thin gruel, um, and I just think you, you're going to have to be more active. Um, you need to generate some alpha, which is obviously easier said than done. But you know, the curtain's coming down on on the on the on the easy easy beta beta trades. Well, look, there's there's I mean, there's a ton in there we can get into. Um, but let's why don't we start with your your resignation from the board of the uh, Secular Stagnation Committee? Because there's a few guys who walked out that door, you and Russell Napier being the two kind of probably most prominent ones. Um, but unfortunately, the two of you are the sort of people that when you make a move like that, it pricks people's ears up. So so talk about what it was this time, uh, Gerard, that made you actually say, right, I quit. Yeah, um, uh, three, three things um, for me. First and foremost, policymakers rediscover the joys of fiscal, um, and and fiscal works. I mean, it works. It's worked too well in this cycle. We've overdone it. But the point about fiscal policy is it was effectively disabled for three decades when politicians subcontracted the management of the cycle to central banks. Um, and we know monetary policy is marvelously asymmetric. You can always hike rates to a level that will slow growth. But central banks found it increasingly difficult to cut rates to levels that could simulate it. And without fiscal playing a role, we experienced three really sluggish recoveries from you know, the early 90s recession, the 2000s recession, the GFC. So fiscal works. And I don't think that genie is going to go back in the bottle. Um, although they. Wait, can, can I stop you for one second? Because I'm going to keep thinking about this so I don't. But. I could argue that we were able to get growth or speculation in any case as they cut rates. What we found is every time they've tried to back away from that, they get stopped. Right? They tried to back away from QE in 18 and 
was the repo market problem. And you know, so far they're they're trying to raise rates, at least we are in America. Obviously, they don't want to in Japan. They're going both ways in, in England. The full conversation is available to subscribers to the copper and silver tiers of my website, grant-williams.com. Nothing we discussed should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets.